0: He like destroys the door and just makes an open hole so I want to say like let's all be a part of that together because God's been so good amen this morning amen would you guys do me a favor and would you welcome pastor Dana to bring the word this morning good morning happy new year to everybody Does everybody just confess and say it now ate too much over the holidays uh, Jamie was saying to me, he's like, Dad, I can't eat any more rich food. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Let's just eat some soup and salad for a while. Uh, but we had just a great time. But um, uh, during the holidays, uh, excited about this coming new year. But let's just open with prayer before we uh, uh, open the word of the Lord and see what he has for us this morning. Father, we're so grateful for this season that you have given us during the holidays, Lord, it's been just a time of rejoicing and celebration, and most importantly, Lord, it's been a time where we have been able to just celebrate the birth of Christ. And Father, this morning, we pray for your blessing. We pray for your anointing on this service. Lord, as your word is opened up, Father, I pray that you would just feed our very soul this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, this morning. Uh, It's great to have some of our guests with us this morning. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you to Banner Church, and uh, we would love to have you be able to uh, join with us if you don't have a home church in the future and uh, just be a part of what God is doing uh, in our church. Obviously, we have a lot of people gone today for the holidays uh, that are out of town, but we're so happy that you're here today and uh, very grateful uh, that you're in this place. Uh, This morning, as we come to the end of the year, um, I think as a pastor, there's a lot of reflection on the past year of 2017, but there's also uh, a place where we're thinking about this coming year of 2018 and the vision and what's going to be happening within the church. But I, I want us to come to a place of reflection and closure of 2017, and obviously there's many things over the course of the past year that we would have liked to done a little bit differently probably. Uh, than what has happened, and as I have been reflecting over this past year, not just my family, my ministry, the church, just all of the amazing things that God has done, and getting us into this building, and that obviously has been a big focal point for a lot of us, is just trying to get the building done and get moved into it. And in the early November, we saw that happen, and God just was so faithful to us, and to bring us into this place, and it's like the dust is still settling, literally, and believe me, this building was filled with many dust storms (laughs) during the construction process, and now we're kind of getting our footing and a foundation and getting ready to launch into the new year with a great sense of expectation, excitement, vision um, of what the Lord is going to do, and we don't want to miss God and what He is saying. Uh, in this hour, and what God desires to to do within your life and within this church, there's a particular topic that I want to emphasize this morning. and I realize that we've been in a in a mode of some phenomenal teaching from not just myself, but Josh and other speakers that have come in and and I think a lot of times you can just almost get on an overload. It's like, man, I can't apply all this stuff that the pastor is sharing from the pulpit. And I'm still trying to catch up with what he said a month ago and apply that to my life. But there's one particular core value that we possess as a church that I want to emphasize here today that I think is fitting as we close this year and as we prepare for the coming year. There's a verse of Scripture in First Peter Chapter 2, verse 17, that I would like us to look at. If you would turn there, I'm reading from this New King James Version in this verse. And it goes like this. It says, honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Now, I like this when Peter says this. He's just very simplistic in this, and he's just giving a few statements here in this verse, but I want to speak to you this morning about the topic of honor. There's something about the human psyche that I still don't fully comprehend and understand that every one of us here in this building today has this inner inner need to be honored and valued by God and by people, and And many of us will go to extremes to perform and to accomplish goals and to make ourselves known so that we can be honored. My sons being actors growing up and going to a a lot of musicals and shows and acting venues. And at the end of the show when everybody would stand up and all the actors would come back out on the stage and everybody's applauding and all that. And I could see on the faces of the actors, it's like, this is why we do what we do. Is there just a sense of honor? Somebody is valuing a gift or a talent that I have. I think that as a core value of the church, and you can see it on our website, you've heard this is a core value that we added on to the other four of being relational, accessible, missional, and transformational, but being honorable to God and being honorable to all people and leaders and the community is is something kind of like the glue that holds all those other values together. And I believe that honor isn't something that is created in an atmosphere of a church that is so vitally important for the health of a church. It's vitally important for the future of this church as well. That word honor meaning great respect and value. I remember in an agribusiness class, and I, many of you probably don't realize it, but I, I went to ASU and got my degree in agribusiness and international development, and it allowed God to open a door for me in a closed country that I felt called to that you couldn't get in as a traditional missionary, but I could go in with a secular degree in agribusiness and development, and so I studied that at ASU after going to Bible college. and and use that degree. God used it to get me into a closed country. And I'll never forget in my senior year, I had a a very talented teacher that was a CEO of Greyhound Corporation. And the whole emphasis of the class that semester is what does it take to get people to perform at a greater level in a company? How do you get your employees or people that you're leading or supervising to perform at another level to create this efficiency and productivity within a company? And of course, it, it captured my attention knowing that as a leader that I, I want people to be able to adhere to the Word of God and to perform at their, you know, full potential as an individual and, and meet those expectations of the Word of God and see the fruitfulness of their life and really just be truly one who is obedient to the Word of the Lord and, and he's sharing. So he asked the question, you know, now what do you think it is that will motivate people to perform at another level and a greater a capacity in their life. And most of the answers, and my answer was one of those, it was like, well, if you would just pay them more money, they're, you're going to get more out of them. Well, if you would just give them a greater benefit package, they're going to be a lot more motivated to give themselves to the company and to really perform better and so forth like that. And, you know, after he asked the question, nobody got the answer right. And he said, well, through all the research, and he did his PhD thesis on this whole topic of performance evaluation, he discovered very quickly that it was an overwhelming knowledge that he gained through the surveys and meeting with employees of different companies is that people just simply wanted to be honored and valued as an employee. And if they felt honored and valued, they would perform at another greater level meeting this psychological need that God has put within us that I don't fully comprehend and understand. I just know that it's there that each and every individual in the world the way God has created us, we want to be honored, we want to be valued. And in that, even in the secular world, they've come to understand that by just paying somebody more money isn't going to cause them, but people really will work greater in a job. It's not about more money or more benefits. It's just like, I just want to be appreciated. I want to be honored. I want to be valued for what I do. And there's that sense of fulfillment that comes from being honored. Now, this topic is important in the community in which we live because there's so much dishonor that takes place in our world today and in the realm of politics and families and community, there's a great level of dishonor and criticism and and, um, disrespect that takes place in our communities. Even within churches, you'll see elements of dishonor, and I've been a part of teams and staff. I've been a part of leadership teams where there was things that were said from the pulpit that didn't happen behind the scenes. There was a tremendous amount of dishonor and because of that, you know, you wonder, what am I doing here? If this is what ministry is, do I really want to be a part of this? Honor and value is the greatest motivating factor in improving job performance. But let's not forget that we're a local church within a universal kingdom. And I was thinking about this over the past week that that. This kingdom that we're a part of as a local church within the universal kingdom, it's not a democracy where it's like, well, I get tired of those leaders there, so I'll just vote in some new ones, or I can legislate and change the policies. The word of God is absolute. It's truth. It doesn't change. We don't. We can't negotiate the word of God. We can't negotiate what God has already spoken. We can't say, well, I want to get somebody else in office to leave because I don't like what they say or what they're doing, but this is a kingdom that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that has made the proclamation of who he is and his authority and the absolute truth. And we are to surrender ourselves in this kingdom knowing that It's a kingdom of honor that God came to this world. And as we have celebrated the birth of Christ, there's nothing more honorable that could take place than God says, I'm going to send my son to a world that has been broken by sin. And he's going to come and live and die on a cross and be raised from the dead. So he can bring a culture of honor back into my kingdom again. And I can reconcile my people to myself again. And they're going to be an honorable relationship without the sin and the brokenness that messes us all up in so many different ways. It was so honorable of what Jesus did, and he demonstrates honor in so many ways, and we're called to portray and model the kingdom culture. Culture in a church is critical, and we're still in the process as a, as a young church, and with all the transitions and changes and identifying our values and our beliefs and, and our behaviors, that's what creates culture. I, being A former missionary, I I love the study of culture and going into a new culture that maybe I don't fully understand and what they believe is important and what their behaviors are. They're so different than the behaviors that I'm used to here uh, in America and their convictions, their values and all of that. Really understanding that it's what forms a culture and the DNA of a country, a people group, and especially of a church, as God is shaping the culture, even of Banner Church, its values, beliefs, and behaviors it's critical for us to understand that in the midst of all of this, honor has to be a very important part and found very foundational of the culture that we're creating. As I was reading some of the Christmas cards and receiving some of the gifts from you, that you're so gracious, and as I would open them up and just read some of the words, and I, I felt it just such a sense of honor. And the people in the church, I think there's sometimes it is a pastor that you're wondering what do people really feel and what do they think? And we've worked really hard this past year. Do they really know what's been going on behind the scenes? And when I get these cards, I'm thinking, wow, they have noticed some of this. And it was so honoring to read Uh, some of the cards and receive some of the gifts over this Christmas season, and and I realized that honor is not something that I can just stand up here and, and teach you how to honor, but it's something that is caught. It's not taught. You have to reproduce honor. You have to model it. You have to demonstrate it. As a parent, as a teacher, as a leader, as a supervisor, whatever role that you're in, you can talk all day long about honor. And I could stand up here and give you numerous teachings about honor, but the, really, when it comes at the end of the day, it's something that has to be reproduced, it has to be modeled, it just has to be demonstrated. When I'm thinking about the people in our church, that Bridget and I so deeply uh, care and, and love for the people here and I, I'm really just impressed as I look at some of the, the vocations and I think I counted um, this past week in my mind I was thinking we've got a lot of nurses in our church. I think I counted five, seven Thank you, Bridget. <laughs> There's seven more than I thought. I missed two. Seven nurses just in this congregation. And I come to really appreciate and honor as my father was in the hospital at Barrels Neurological Hospital there at St. Joe's and it was just a really, a, a very difficult situation. My dad was in a paralytic state where he could not even walk for the first time and, I, and he was just helpless. And, and I watched these nurses come in, and my dad's, it just seemed like his dignity was at stake. It's like, I, he's like, Dana, I'm, I'm going in there. They have to help me go to the bathroom. I can't clean myself. I can't bathe myself. And these nurses, just with their love and their grace, would come in and just, you know, help him to preserve what little dignity had left in this paralytic state. And I watched these nurses, and it just made me so deeply grateful and appreciative for the calling of a nurse, men and women, both that came in, and just the care that they gave my father. I sat there, and I just wept. And as we begin to go behind the scenes, and I'm thinking about some of the nurses in our church, and, you know, Sam works in a children's hospital caring for these little kids, and then we got Davis and Molly and so many others here that are, are caring and, and um, Denise that literally goes to other countries and provides nursing care. And I'm just thinking, Lord, these people need to be honored. This is truly a calling. We have teachers and my son being one of those, and it's one of the, they're literally the molder of dreams of teenagers and kids. They're molding the dreams of these kids as a teacher we have service workers, we've had customer service reps here, and just all the different vocations, and I'm just like, Lord, I'm so grateful these people that come to our church on a weekly basis, they need to be honored for who they are and what they do, and their calling, their giftings in these different areas, and they can go to work each and every day, and probably you're thinking in my mind, does anybody really notice what I do and who I am and just day after day? And I want to say to you that not only do I honor you, but God Almighty honors who you are and what he's called you into. He sees what you do. We have elderly people here who, who are retired and they're significant in every kingdom, those because they, they're they the ones who are filled with wisdom and life experience that is so valuable to a congregation. We need them, we need our retired and those who maybe aren't functioning in a career any longer, but they're in uh, different kinds of callings of intercession and encouragement, those people need to be honored because they're essential for a kingdom atmosphere of honor. They're They're needed here, and I honor you today. Those are those in this community that are still trying to find a place where they can feel a sense of honor and value. If we could create an atmosphere in this church that... Everybody who comes in, they don't feel slighted, they don't feel rejected, but they feel so honored. It's like, I don't know what that is, but it's meeting a a need in my psyche. I'd like to go back to Banner Church again, because I just felt loved and honored there. We were with Keith and Maya Durkin, the missionaries that we have partnered with for so many years, and they're in Tijuana. And my boys are sharing with me that their son, A.J., and he's going to a school of ministry up in uh, Northern California. It's his really first experience of living in the U.S. All oh, his dad is American. His mom is Mexican. He's, he, he's biracial. He's bilingual. But yet his first experience to go into a school of ministry and preparing himself for his own ministry. He gets a job working in construction, and because of his dark skin and who he is, the other construction workers were making racial slurs towards him, saying, you should be the best at this because, you know, you're from here and this and that, and they're showing all that. And, it just, and my boys were It's like, Dad, that, he said that it was the first time he, he's ever experienced an act of prejudice like that just because of the color of his skin. So dishonoring. Honor, according to Paul in Romans 12.10 in the English Standard Version, it says love one another with brotherly affection. And he says this, outdo one another in showing honor. Just outdo one another in showing honor. There's a lot of examples of dishonor and Moses and Zipporah would be an example that I always think of in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1. It says that Miriam... Moses' sister and Aaron, they criticized Moses for marrying Zipporah, who was a Cushite. And that word Cush in Hebrew means black, she's an Ethiopian. It's a shock that he's married to this Ethiopian black woman. It's a biracial marriage. He's getting criticized by his own family. His right-hand man, his associate, are criticizing Moses after he leads him through the Red Sea and delivers him out of Egypt. They know the hand of God is on his life. They know he's anointed. But yet they do something so petty and so dishonoring saying, why in the world did you marry that Kushite? We see many examples in Scripture of, of this dishonorable behavior. Jephthah is another example that I think is shocking to me. In Judges chapter 11, he's the son of Gilead who is, is famous. He's a man of God. He's an anointed man of God. But yet, Jephthah is a little bit different got the same fathers as brothers, but his mother was a prostitute, so the brothers came and said, you have no inheritance in our family. They basically drove him out and said, you are the son of another woman. Basically, they're labeling him as a bastard that is an illegitimate son, and they drive him out, but yet he was a mighty man of valor, the Bible says, and they complete show complete dishonor to Jephthah and drive him out, and he's just out with a raiding party of seemingly worthless men in the community then they call him back and say you know what we're under siege we need a true leader we need your leadership skills you're a mighty man of valor. he's like you didn't want me then but now you want me now We see Jesus in mark chapter 6 when he went back to his own hometown and not very many people honored him who is this the the boy that grew up in Nazareth, the son of a carpenter, son of Joseph, and now he's saying this, a son of God. And the Bible says in Mark six, and even in the account of Matthew, that because of the dishonor that Jesus experienced, even from his own family and friends that grew up with him, he could not do many miracles in his own community, in his own hometown, because there was an atmosphere of dishonor which is say a lot to us in the church. And I've often said that gratefulness and thankfulness in our life, our home and in the church, It creates really increase, an atmosphere of increase when when we show gratefulness to the Lord. But honor is also another thing that as we demonstrate and we create the atmosphere of honor in the church, it creates an atmosphere. I don't understand this, but, but God is able to move more freely, and there's more of a supernatural flow of miracles that can take place in our life and in the church because of this principle of honor. Honor is not negotiable. Honor is not conditional god just like i just i want you to honor me and i want you to honor people i want you to honor those that maybe don't even deserve honor it's not about whether you deserve it or not it's just a matter this is the nature and the characteristic of god himself and what's interesting to me is that god created us so that we could honor him in worship Jesus had that desire and he was also like many of us and had in him this psychological need to be honored and it grieved the Holy Spirit to a point where not many miracles could take place in that community. The Bible is truly explicit about honor. In 1 Samuel 2.30, it talks about honoring God. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, "I." I promise that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares this, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed, the Lord says. In Ephesians 6, 2, with fathers and mothers, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment. Uh, With the promise, there's just something about father and mother and honoring them and 1 Peter 3, 7, wives want to be honored. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Be patient, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. In other words, if you don't honor your wife, your prayers can be hindered. And either, again, it's that whole atmosphere of dishonor that can create the, the lack of the move of the Spirit and the supernatural, that even your prayers to the Lord are hindered if you're not properly honoring your wife. Proverbs 3 9, it speaks of, of wealth, that we honor God when we give to Him of our wealth and our first fruits, our tithe. Honor the Lord with your wealth and all the first fruits fruits of your produce that when we go to the Lord, and that's why when we give to the Lord, it's an it's an act of worship and we're honoring the Lord with our first fruits and with our wealth. And when we hold back and we it's like I just I can't give and I don't really trust the Lord to take care of me. We're dishonoring the Lord when we can't give to Him and uh, with our wealth and our first fruits. And then in 1 Timothy 5.17, it talks about honoring leaders and let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So honor across the board with everybody honoring each other. And there's something about a parent, and I can say this from experience, that... All I'd want from my children as I I see them grow up and as I grow old is I would just want them to honor me. I didn't do it perfect. I wasn't a perfect dad or perfect parent, but there's just something irreplaceable that when a son or a daughter shows honor to a parent. There's something in a wife that it's like, I want my husband not just to be a provider and a protector for me, but I want my husband to cherish me and to be patient with me. I want my husband to make me feel like I'm valued, highly valued and honored. When I saw my parents get in conflict I remember one thing that my mom said oftentimes when my parents would get into an argument or a fight and she says, I just feel like that I'm just a servant in this house and nobody appreciates me. Nobody values what I do. You get to go to work and get the accolades. You're a fire captain at Sky Harbor Airport, and you get all those accolades on that. But I'm at home as a stay-at-home mom, a mother, and a wife, and I'm just, you know, slaving in the house, and I just feel like you don't value me. I remember that conversation (laughs) many times. And my mom was crying out oftentimes to my dad, and really what she was saying is, I've got this need inside of me. I don't fully understand it, but I just want my husband to honor me. I think this is the case in so many situations and and scenarios that we look at in, in our life. The people in this church, and as we come to this place of, as we close this year of 2017... I just I want to honor you in this church because the church is not about a building, it's just about people. And we know that to be true. Some of you are newer, you're not as familiar, and you've been in the church maybe even less than six months, and you're still kind of getting a, a, a feel of who we are and what we're doing, where we're going, and all of those kinds of things. And I think that The scripture that Paul is saying in in Romans chapter 12 there is, I want you to try to outdo each other in terms of honor. And as a pastor, I don't want to be that kind of a leader where you feel like you're just constantly telling me what I should do or what I shouldn't do. You're kind of hitting me over the head with a Bible. I don't want you ever sense that. And we're going to challenge you. We're going to teach and we're going to preach unapologetically the word of the Lord and challenge people in their spirit. But there are moments and seasons where honor is fitting. Honor is proper. Honor is needed as we honor the people of our church and of our body. In this coming year, I would challenge you as a father, as a husband, as a child, to look for opportunities and ways. And I think the counterfeit of honor in the world today would be, <laughs> I think it would just flattery would be a counterfeit of honor. It's not sincere. That we just kind of flatter each other sometimes to get something or to, to manipulate. or maybe just simple manipulation of saying things that we really don't mean. But I think that it's critical that in the church, that if we really want to see the favor of God manifest in this church, the supernatural manifested, that we constantly cultivate this atmosphere of honor to people. Honor could be as simply a text a card a gift a, a word of affirmation of just a, a sense of appreciation that you are god's creation who you are is important what you do is important we're all being perfected we're all being sanctified we're all being processed I'm we're just at different places in this journey of god Processing us and sanctifying us, but yet honor is something that is like the glue that takes the values of who we are, the beliefs, the behavior of the church that creates this DNA that we're trying to accomplish and and create within Banner Church. Of all the years that I've been in ministry, I feel like, and there was a statement years ago I read, I never understood it, but I understand it more now. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And I feel like that a lot of my messages now are basically sharing things with you that I'm going to share stuff and thoughts, stuff I've learned since I knew it all. (laughs) And these are some of the things I'm sharing with you. Whereas before I thought I knew it all, and now I realize I don't. But what is truly critical here this morning as we encroach upon 2018? We don't have to get everything perfect in the building or the platform. And, you know, I think. There's a lot of things we can critique and pick apart. And I do it as a leader every Sunday. I walk away thinking, I want to do that different. I want to change that. And I want this to be. And I think excellence is noble. And we need to to challenge one another to be excellent in the kingdom of God. I think God is a God of excellence. But with that being said, we cannot bypass the atmosphere and the culture of honor that God wants to develop. Within the DNA of Banner Church, within the DNA of our home and our family, if I could do it over, I would. I, I wish, like in premarital counseling, when Bridget and I went through that, that somebody would have looked me in the eye. And we're doing premarital counseling with a couple right now in the church that are getting married in May, in Matt and Jessica, which is really exciting. And if I could say to this couple, just one of many words of advice that we'll give you, and I know you will not remember them all, but realize that you're a gift to each other. God brought you together. She's a gift, Matt. And um, she has this need more than anything else that you honor her as your wife and your future wife. And there's ways that we can do that with one another as we look beyond the faults and the imperfections and the shortcomings and the mistakes and just say, you know what, I'm going to do like Jesus. And I, one last verse that I want to read, a verse that has been very significant for me because I've wondered what this is going to be like. I try to visualize this verse and what's going to actually happen. But to me, it's it's a moment, it's, a, it's, a, it's an element of honor that I think is, is really amazing. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, John sees something of the future of the church and, and then he's hearing Jesus' words literally as he writes this down. Anyone with ears must listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone, this is everyone, who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Now, when Jesus, I don't know why, and I don't fully comprehend what the theology of this is this white stone and there's going to be this new name on this stone that obviously identifies itself with us and our life our character and it's it's something that imprints for all of eternity something in our identity that nobody else is going to understand but the person receiving that white stone and i think that this is one of many scenarios in scripture that what we have to look forward to that as we encounter jesus that he is going to fill the need of our life to be honored and valued like nobody else in this world can and it's going to be those moments in eternity will we will feel a sense of honor and respect and value unlike anything we've ever experienced in our entire life jesus fills it and this white stone that whatever it symbolic is in this new name that is written upon it, but the Lord literally imprints that and he sets forth an eternal identity for us and it's an honorable experience that we, that we have with the Lord with this white stone. But as a pastor here today, as we close in this year, I'd like to have you stand with me for a moment. I'd like to have our team come As you're contemplating maybe just some of the words that I'm sharing here today, I want you to think about this part of your very soul. And maybe you've wondered at times that, does anybody out there really value who I am or what I've done? (laughs) Some of the most successful people that I've, I've worked with I've been in their office with them face to face, and they've, man, they've exceeded the expectations of what a great leader and a great pastor, and they're seemingly esteemed and regarded and by thousands of people, but yet I've sat in their office, and it's like, Dana, I don't know what it is, but I just still struggle with those insecurities of, like, wanting to feel that sense of honor and value, and and a lot of what I've done in ministry to get accolades, it just, it hasn't filled it. And I think a lot of leaders have fallen into that trap, and I, I certainly have at times where it's like, I got to do more and greater accomplishments and so that people will applaud me and value who I am and what I'm doing. But then at the end of the day, when I do it, it's like the next morning I get up, it's like, I still feel kind of empty, <laughs> When I was in high school, I, I was driven and I was just very goal-minded and I, I set all kinds of goals and I was competing in speech competitions and different projects and things like that and I remember getting invited, I was receiving this state award and I went down to Tucson at the University of Arizona and there's hundreds of people in this theater and everything. And they called out my name, and I walked up on the stage, and I thought, oh, this is it. This is going to just be the ultimate, and this is just going to meet the need of this vacuum that I have felt for so long as this insecure teenager going through high school, and they come across, her and they give me this award, and everybody's clapping, and then I walked in behind the stage, and it was just, it was over, it was done. And I'm looking at this plaque with my name on it and I'm thinking of the last four years of like the sacrifice and all the work and all that. And I'm like, and I'm like, Lord, is this it? I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, well, you, you, wanted, you wanted that kind of honor. I know, Lord, this isn't, this, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. And I felt like God just really speak to me. He says, because you're looking for a source of honor that is not gonna fill that area of your life that only I can fill. And I think I, at that point on, I realized that that I don't have to try to earn it. I don't have to try to work for it. I don't have to try to prove myself that I'm valuable, that I'm worthy of honor. It's called performance-based Christianity or performance-based religion that many of you have grown up in this. It's like, if you just do more, if you just serve more in the church, or you be better, God's gonna give you more honor and value. It's just, I'm sorry, but this is not true. You see, Jesus, He honors and values you not because of anything you do. And it's nothing about religion. But it's all about because I created you. I named you. I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. You're my son. You're my daughter. It doesn't matter anything you do or don't do. This is unconditional love. And that just is hard for me to grasp at, But I realize more than ever that as we create this culture within this church, that is so important for us to just honor people. And it's not based upon performance. It's just based on, you know what? I love and respect you because you're you. Because you, God's brought you into our family, our church, into my life, and I appreciate you. And so I want to declare to you as a church this morning As a pastor, as a leader, you are honored. You are valued, highly valued of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to ask um, if you could just come up this morning as we end the year. I, I, I want to do this as a family. If you could just kind of squeeze up to the front here, and and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and make a declaration over this church. And, uh, you you know, some of you can just squeeze on the side over here by the wall as well. If there's not room in the front, just kind of come to the side here, but just kind of just gather in as a church here today. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus, for the people that you have brought through the door, even on this day. Lord, that they have walked through a door, not just a physical door of Banner Church, but Lord, what I see and what I sense that is a kingdom door, a door of the kingdom that they walk through. And, Lord, that they come into an atmosphere that's truly a supernatural kingdom, not an atmosphere created by light or sound or anything of this natural world. But, Lord, that is a kingdom, that, Lord, that is filled with the presence of Almighty God. And, Jesus, we call upon your name, and we ask, Lord, that you would fill the sanctuary with your mighty presence in this place. And Lord, that as you walk in here, as they have come through the kingdom doors, Lord, I pray that you would open their hearts and the very psyche that you have created for us, Lord, saying, Lord, we wanna be honored and we wanna be valued. And Lord, I pray that your hand would be extended with your mighty grace and with your love. And Lord, that you would touch the very nature and the core of our spirit. And Lord, that you would speak new life within your people and say that I, the Lord, honor you with an everlasting love, with an honor and with a value that. is eternal and I place within your heart and within your spirit the promise of my word says the Lord that I will come and manifest myself to you and as you come through the door of my kingdom and as you honor me as you kneel before me I the Lord will bring the fulfillment and I will pour out my spirit says the Lord on your life and it will be a supernatural power that does not come from men it does not come from the words of men or the works of men but it comes by my spirit it comes by the work of my spirit says the Lord and I'm looking for a heart that will open itself up to me and I the Lord am one who understands what it is to honor my people and I will create an atmosphere even within this church says the Lord that as people from the community come here that there will be an atmosphere of honor and I the Lord will reveal myself to the people who hunger for righteousness people who hunger to be filled by my word and by my promise in this place and I will use your hands I will use your voice I will use your life and I will send you forth even into this city says the Lord for those who are broken by their sin and they're looking and they're searching to be filled with the honor of my kingdom and I will draw them by my spirit and there will be transformation there will be change and I will fill this place with my presence says the Lord And Lord, I pray here today for each one that is here that, Lord, even if they sense and feel that their job, their career is meaningless, it's not worth, but Lord, you have placed them strategically in the businesses, in the schools, Lord, in these companies, even those who work at home. Lord, every person here is in a strategic location to portray the honor of your kingdom Lord God, and I pray, Father God, that you would create the DNA of this church, God. Lord, that we would obey the scripture that Paul is saying, that we would honor everybody, and that we would outdo each other in honor, Father God. And Lord, that you would fill this place with such a sense of value, Father God. And Lord, that our hearts would overflow with that sense of honor because of who Jesus is. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the honor that you have brought to this place. Lord, we thank you that you're an honorable God. We thank you that you sent Jesus to honor us. And Father, we lift up your name in this place.